All right, here we are. It has been uh, a, a big day of podcast marathons and so many great ones that I am uh, very excited. It's like the grand finale of tonight, one of my favorite podcasts, uh, Seen a Nerd. I, I I don't get to talk to you guys enough because Sarah's in Alaska and it makes your, your time super like hard for us to connect. Although, Will, are you in, is it North Carolina? I'm is in North Carolina. Yep, North right. Carolina. Yeah. Well, somehow you guys make it work, and, and, <laughs> and I love it. So thank you guys for being here. I'm going to let you take over here in just a second. Uh, I am in my living room as this is virtual PopCon, and uh, many of us are at home and so grateful to PopCon that not only we're able to put this together, but it is a full convention. There is a vendor hall with amazing shopping that we'd love for you to check out. There is an international film festival that's going all weekend with absolutely amazing films. We have celebrity panels, fan panels. It is literally everything that you're used to seeing in a convention and you're getting it all in your living room. So thank you very much for being here with us. Obviously, we would love to be with you in person. But one of the amazing things about the podcast marathon being virtual is that we were able to invite some really amazing talent from all over the world. And I am going to turn it over to, as I said, one of my favorite podcasts. Welcome, please, to the PopCon family scene and nerd. Thank you. We're, we're glad to be here. And technology and all of that. So yeah. greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont. And with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing today, Will? Doing very well, Sarah. How are you doing for this fun Saturday afternoon? I'm so glad that was a seamless transition. I... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we've tried to uh, do the live uh, podcast on YouTube before. I, I like this new platform that uh, that PopCon, PopCon is using. So I think... Uh, Maybe we will we'll do that in the future, but yeah, this uh, it's great to be here on the virtual popcon. I think it's the uh, as we know with the pandemic, uh, all podcast pop uh, conventions have been pretty much canceled for 2020. But uh, it's awesome that indie popcon is able to go forward, and uh, we're happy to be a part of the podcast marathon. I think it's the seventh uh, convention that they've had, even and. Wow. Yeah, and uh, and one of the cool things they're doing is um, uh, they a lot of comic comic conventions have um, uh, causes that they are supporting, and uh, one of the ones for indie pop con is uh, Make a Wish uh, kid uh, in the Indianapolis area. So her name's if you follow the uh, PopCon social media today. Uh, there is a, a link to where you can go uh, donate. She has a heart condition and she is uh, really big into anime and cosplay and some other things. And she wants to be an artist. So uh, any donation, I think given that this is the seventh pop con, uh, they're asking for $7 donations. So it's a great idea, great cause uh, if you feel so inclined to, to donate. So uh, go check it out. Uh, as I said, it's on the, uh, we retweeted it from our social channel as well. So if you, yeah. if you search on ours, you can find it there. All right. Good. Good information for everyone to have. And on that note, we'll just kick off with a bit of news that happened this week. So <laughs> just when I think that we're going to have a slow week of news, all of a sudden Batwoman resurfaces yeah. and there was a big casting announcement. And I believe her name is pronounced Javisha right. Leslie. Yeah. Yeah, Javisha. Yeah, Javisha. Javisha. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited by this. I I really liked the casting. That that woman's hair. I just I'm so envious of it. <laughs> it's so pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I I think that this just allows for. Batwoman, she's a vigilante protecting the city, and there's already in the first season through Kate's character, there sets up a dynamic between vigilantes and police, mm -hmm. and I think they're just going to be able to push that a lot further, yeah. especially with the current Black Lives Movement. I, I'm pretty 
I'm 99% sure that's going to play into how they introduce this character and some of the political themes that they're going to embed into the second season. Yeah, I mean, this show has never been one to shy away from political and real real life issues. Uh, as, as far as Arrowverse shows, I really think this show and, and Supergirl are really the ones who, who in many cases will take issues right off the, you know, from the headlines and integrate it into their, into their storylines. And uh, this was a, a, a real bold and inspired choice because uh, they hit, you know, a lot of folks, just like when Ruby was first cast, you are seeing some detractors out there and, you know, you see the stupid, you know, people saying, uh, get woke, go broke, that kind of stuff. But I really enjoyed this casting. And I mean, I'm on record before when we, when the, when the news first broke that Ruby was, was going to lead the show that, you know, thought that they should just recast Kate Kane. But, uh, but with this, you know, when I first saw the news about Ryan Wilder, I was like, okay, well, let, you know, I still was on the let's recast train. And now since I've seen the casting, I'm keeping an open mind. I mean, there are, as you said, so many possibilities that they can address with this casting, not only utilizing the whole issues with vigilanteism and and police uh, misconduct, but also uh, of course they could carry many stories forward because this character, just like Kate Mm -hmm. is, is a part of the LGBTQ community. So, you know, there'll still be that dynamic that they can play into. Uh, the uh, stories with, you know, with how season one ended with the Hush faking himself as Bruce Wayne. So, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. If you haven't Whoa. Watched it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, spoiler alert. Uh, but if, forgive me if you haven't seen the show, but. Uh, that, but that's still, you can still integrate the Batman mythos within the story and, and still uh, have it there. And, of course, there'll be some things that, you know, we, we can't have. And I'll be interested to see how they resolve the stat storyline as far as, you know, we, we, we did learn from Caroline Drys, the showrunner, that Kate is not dead. Uh, they mm-hmm. not, they're not going to kill her off. So, so. It, she is also just like Bruce going to go off to some hinterland and, and who knows, maybe some point, maybe Ruby does do a guest shot on the show or something like that, where, uh, you know, I guess it depends on how the relationship is. I mean, of course there is some d- dispute about the, about whether she was, uh, asked to let go or she, or it was a mutual parting of the way. So, but if, but who knows, maybe at some point with a crossover or, or, or just even, in a normal episode, they can, they can bring the two, they could maybe bring Ruby back to, to, you know, resolve Kate's storyline and, uh, and also the possibilities with the crossover, because prior to Ruby leaving the show, they were talking about Kate and Batwoman and a new Superman and Lois having, having a crossover this year. And, and again, you can still, you can still do that because I mean, this is the the multiverse. This is the Arrowverse. People come and go characters switch out. We, We have doppelgangers. So, Anything is possible as far as the storylines, and and I think they'll be able to integrate this new character into the story and into the larger Arrowverse uh, with the crossovers and and um, future storytelling. Right, right. I I continue to just remain very excited and curious about this show more so than probably any of the other shows. Um, granted, it continues to be in the headlines. So yeah. there's that, <laughs> but, but it's interesting because right now we, in this very same week, we also got an announcement that Matt Reeves was going to create a Gotham PD show for HBO max mm-hmm. and another show. The Batman is still in production. I, th- right. I think they might've resumed shooting. Yeah, I'm not, I'm pretty close. sure. Yeah, I think yeah. they're starting. Yes. Yeah. So, so at what point is it enough, Batman? Yeah, yeah. There is that risk of Batman saturation because we also have the Pennyworth show. On <laughs> forgot <laughs> about that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I still haven't finished, but <laughs> but uh, we have that show. We we also have news that remember, remember also with the Flash uh, movie 
Michael Keaton's Batman right. is coming back. So there's a whole lot of Batman and Bat Bat family in the in the uh, DC uh, realm right now, as far as live action, and not even not even get into the animated realm with the Harley Quinn show. So who right. and, and Batman showed up quite a bit in that show as well. So uh, it does beg the question: When do we start to to dilute the the product uh, with having Batman everywhere uh, in in their in their in the various mediums? Right, right, and I, I think I think it boils down to if the stories start to decline. If the storytelling starts to decline, then the character and the world will become diluted. And I know a lot of people thought that with the show Gotham, it already became, it started going downhill. But then again, that show went on for five seasons, despite the criticism. So for whatever reason, there is something about Gotham and the, these villains and these heroes and this bat family, as you put it, where that viewers are still very attracted to and interested in, I mean, God, God forbid there be a show called Krypton about yeah. the great, great, great grandfather of Superman yeah. where I was finally invested in Superman. Oh, yeah, they canceled that show. <laughs> I'm still bitter. I'm still bitter, too. A year, to, Yeah, it's been about a year to, you know, we were wrapping up. I think we we're in the middle of season two. And then, yeah, and, and about this time last year, and yeah, still, still pissed off about that as well. Yeah, but go watch Krypton if you haven't. They're yeah. good first two seasons, and definitely, at this point, definitely. maybe they'll end up on Netflix. Who knows? Maybe Super Eight, you know, Swamp Thing is coming to the CW. So, well, even though they're just re-airing the first season, but still, yeah, yeah, yeah still. Uh, and then we also got news speaking about HBO. They canceled Run. I am not surprised. Yeah. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, I'm disappointed too because it, it, the way the series ended, I won't spoil things, but it definitely it's like Watchmen in the sense that, it, and I think with from what I gather, I think reading maybe the report either in the Hollywood Reporter, Deadline, or something. One of those two trades. Uh, I, I think they were trying to negotiate a second season, but they just couldn't come to come to terms. So, yeah, I, you know, I think it was a very critical. Um, sh- uh, critics liked it. I think it had a pretty high score on Rotten Tomatoes for that. For whatever that's worth, I know fans. Uh, I think uh, it seems it, it started out very strong. Mm-hmm. Had a kind of meandering middle, and then the end left you like you know, had, it had that ending. And so it, it you know, it, I, I'm disappointed that it's, that we're not going to see what happens with, uh, with the two characters, but, um, you know, there, there's a lot of TV out there. So hopefully something will good will, will come in its place, but it's very surprising with HBO because usually they are, it's not, it's unusual. It seems for them to not have a show go more than, than one season. If it wasn't planned to be that way. Right. Well, I mean, it's also a surprise when CW loses their main actor in a series when their contracts, it's well known, people sign up for six seasons Mm -hmm. at minimum. So Mm -hmm. I think (laughs) I think there's a lot of unusualness happening (laughs) these days. But um, speaking about more TV, The Crown was announced that um, initially, it was announced that the fifth season would be the final season, but the showrunner has changed his mind. Yeah. And now they're set to go for a sixth season. Yeah. I love sixth. The Crown. I love I'm, the I'm crown. good. Yeah, I'm happy about this news, too. I saw that. Unfortunately, from what I gather, they're not going to come up to present day, and I wish they would because there's just so much royal family drama today, you know, that's that we could just mine. But uh, it is getting, I think, what, from what I gathered, they're just expanding the story in the fifth season and be able to get more in depth with some of the items that there were, the topics that they were going to cover during the fifth season. And I know they had just recently uh, cast uh, a new Queen Elizabeth. I saw where they just recently cast uh, a new uh, Princess Margaret. So uh, I don't know, have they cast uh, a new... Um, 
Prince. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know if a new Phillips been cast yet, but yeah, this is this is definitely a great show. So when I saw the showrunner change his mind, I was like, okay, I'm good with that. Yeah, and I I don't want it to go to present day because my dream is for this series to end in a perfect symmetry with the movie about the queens. Um, uh, yeah, true. If it can do that, because I remember, for whatever reason, I remember the opening of that movie. It's when they get the call about the car accident and Princess Diana dying. And and that kicks off that whole movie. And so if there's a way for them to end it going to bed that night. Yeah. Um, but maybe that was the original plan and that's why they had to cut it off at season five. And then they thought, well... We, we can probably make another season out of all of that fallout mm-hmm. and have our own twist on it. And, you know, I predict things and they never come true. It's, it's the world's against me. <laughs> Sarah's predictions that will inevitably go wrong. <laughs> inevitably. Like I put it out in the universe. You, th- yeah. you think when you put things out in the universe, they are supposed to come true. No, <laughs> no, no. Me, then it's from that point forward, not going to happen. Right. Especially if it's creative writing or anything. All right. So now to get to the main event, Doom Patrol, Finger Patrol, or as I like to call it, we are going to talk about, where where is it? Where is it on my notes? It's what? something steel. What, what did oh, they? Oh, stone and steel. Oh, stone, stone and steel. Steel and stone? Steel stone and steel? steel? Yeah. Steel. Okay. but the ultimate yeah Uh, steel and stone the ultimate buddy cop drama that we all wanted yes yes we need a spinoff now (laughs) they must have had so much fun shooting that whole sequence yeah of of the daydream and and being on one of those 80s cop shows and oh, totally totally 70s I, I think it was 70s 80s maybe yeah i totally got like you know whenever if you ever like watch those old like shows like chips or starsky and hutch or any one of those you know even the lethal weapon weapon films it had like that that vibe as well i mean it was it that that was just that that whole montage like captures like one of the most brilliant things about about this show especially given all the other things that are going on in the episode (laughs) right well that's that's what this show does so well is that they create these pairings Mm -hmm. and everyone um all of the story webs either either the the pairings are for you to understand the parallels between the characters or to to advance some of the threads. I mean, in this episode, we had we had Cliff and Vic, yep. or or Steel and Stone, as we shall now call them, if we can remember that moving forward. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm marketing <it> now. <laughs> which which Cliff? It was all about. So so it's interesting. He essentially Cliff. We we know he has a big vendetta against Niles this season, mm-hmm. and and Niles comes to him and says, "What if I was able to update you with yep. some new technology so you can feel things, so you can get back your sense of touch, so you can stop hating me?" Yeah. Um. And and just a reminder for those, including myself, who have forgotten, Niles is dying. <laughs> <laughs> Which, which, if I recall correctly, was a really big plot point a few episodes ago. I don't know why it's kind of been swept under the rug. <laughs> <laughs> well, it hasn't been exactly swept swept under the rug. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's there, but thankfully, unlike some other shows, they just don't belabor the point. Given that they only have nine, originally was supposed to be ten episodes to to film this the second season so right right they don't they don't have a ticking timer just follow niles around and say uh, tick, uh, tick, 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 tick. Tick. <laughs> he has you know day day whatever of however many left <laughs> so so what are your thoughts on on everything that vic and cliff do in this episode so with their pairing i you know it, it's 
it's always fun to see the two robots together together uh, <laughs> uh you know the robot doing a robot thinking about last week's episode where Vic walked by <laughs> walked by cliff whenever he was was high on x but uh it you know we talked earlier on the earlier podcast about the pairings of the team and this pairing for some reason just really works well and and especially given how both of them how they became their cybernetic beings are really two different stories so you know with 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 Vic it was the lab explosion and everything and Silas Stone rebuilding him to, you know, to to better his son and to allow his son to, to live. Niles' motivation was basically finding Cliff, and again, his motivation was to, in building and killing and, and, and doing uh, taking Cliff's brain was to to basically find a way to help make himself live. As far as Niles, well, now that we've learned that. Uh, because of the deal he made at the beginning of the season, uh, he's he, his immortality is he's dying now. So it, it's really to see that it's two of them, their, their motivations are, are for uh, and, and how they became into being. It's always good to see them paired up, especially whenever I think about the scene when they go to Detroit after uh, Vic and Cliff have the conversation about touch and and mm-hmm. and, and Vic and, and Cliff wanting to know. Do you feel things? And of course, he's like, "Oh yeah, my father programmed the tactile uh, sensations." You know, when I during my first surgery, and so they go to Detroit, and and they have, and then they they do encounter Silas, and they're walking through the park, and they discuss his. Um, they bring it up to Silas. Hey, can you can you rebuild me, uh, and, and 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 provide some enhancements? And and Silas's reaction was was very. We see, you know, Vic doesn't fall too far from the tree as far as the arrogance and the, and the uh, self-righteousness because his father had that just visceral reaction to Cliff saying that and and and, and really bringing to, to the fore the anger that he has towards Niles Calder. And, mm-hmm. and instead of being compassionate and, and trying to understand what Cliff is dealing with, he just takes all his anger and all his feelings that he has uh, about Niles and, and, and basically throw, you know, and, and refuses to help Cliff. I mean, he even calls, you know, he calls what Niles did essentially manslaughter. I mean, so, you know, so it, you know, so that, so you, you do need to pair those two individuals off for, for both of their stories to work. And then, and then with with Cliff and, and, and the car, I'd like to hear what your thoughts are as far as uh, not only uh, what we learned about Vic, but also uh, Cliff's cl- unexpected uh, moment of of, of I don't, uh, fill in the blank from Cliff that I didn't expect to see. Well, it was it was interesting because I think that he exhibited a lot of what we see in Rita. Uh, this this desire, well, I'm stuck. This is who I am now. There's no changing that. What, what can I do to better myself? And so I'm going to be a hero. And and we we it was a it was a really good setup for it because they're in the car and and Vic is trying to sympathize, especially after what his father said with Cliff. And so he he takes them out on a patrol for some weird reason, yeah. and and then and then at the end we we he just so happens to witness a car being stolen and he interrupts it and and steals a finger. Yeah, he steals himself <laughs> a finger for a person. Yeah. Ah, gross. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a very yeah that moment was very dis, dis, disquieting. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I kept thinking the whole episode, why is this called finger patrol? When are we going to get there? And we got there and they made it, they made it work and (laughs) and everything. What's also funny about Cliff and Vic is I think this is the first time in this show that Cliff has actually given good advice 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> As he explains to Vic what you have to do to get Ronnie back. And essentially all it is is basically, I'm sorry I screwed up. <laughs> and, and, I, and I appreciated how that's all he said. He said exactly what Cliff told him, and then they're back in bed together. And we find out more about Ronnie, and we find out that she was a super soldier. And her scars are actually, in a way, not from the war itself, but from them, her abusing that power, and then ultimately having it taken away. And which just makes me want to see where they go with that, especially for Vic or or any of these other characters who are still just starting to get an understanding of the power that they do hold despite their circumstance. So I, I I was not expecting that, but it was a nice little touch. And, and it also just gives her more of a character and a, re- a purpose to be on the show as opposed to just a love interest. Yeah, yeah. It definitely, definitely provided some additional depth to her character because, you know, when we first saw her, uh, she was sort of played the role of, of kind of helping Vic recognize his trauma and everything and when he whenever they whenever she and calls him out whenever they were uh leaving the group earlier i think it's the, I think it's the third episode where they encounter the kid who was trying to shoplift uh big pocket or whatever he uh they basically you know had that uh moral discussion about giving people second chances and those types of things. And, 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 and again, as I said earlier, thinking about seeing how Silas reacted to uh, giving Cliff enhancements and that, that self-righteous and arrogance, you know, it does, it does filter down to Vic as well. So, you know, it, it was good bringing Silas back to, to uh, in this episode, because it was a good way to see how Vic is sort of is now starting to grow a little bit from from that person we saw just a few episodes back in particular given his you know given the test that ronnie gave him which was to um see if he would you know see what would happen whenever she sent those files about her her war her history in the in the in the in the war so mm-hmm. and so with with vic and starting out the episode with with the the nightmare that he had, where you know they were on their date, and and he you know dreams of her you know creating a cyborg gun, and then she you know he also does it and stuff, and then you know you know it, it and then realizing that actually no you know he 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 does have an emotional connection to this character, so you know when you think about you know, we're talking with, with the journey of touch. I mean, with, with Cliff is, is touch in multiple levels. One is tactile touch, but also emotional given he's trying to get to his daughter with yeah. Victus, the emotional touch, it, the, the touch is, is a touch of emotions and, mm. and Vic experiencing emotions that he, you know, as, as that he hasn't really experienced before because, you know, Ronnie is the first person that he's been with since he, has become cyborg, and that was a funny little joke in the story where they were taking bets whether or not he, <laughs> where he was fully. I, I... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
I'm pretty sure Cliff was betting against himself. But (laughs) anyway. Probably was. Probably was. But, you know, but again, I think it was just a good way that they utilized this to um, have Vic, um, you know, deal with his emotions and and really show that growth uh, of the character beyond just what we've been dealing with. What we've seen before. Yep. Yep. And and also um, speaking about characters confronting new emotions and also um, some setups. Let's talk about Rita and Larry. They they go and to clean clear out his dead son's house, yep. <laughs> which is kind of used as a bonding time yep. with his son that is still alive. There's a lot of sons. There's mm-hmm. some grandsons, yep. there's some great grandchildren running around, and there's Rita who for some reason they gave her a flask and she just started drinking and then she just started running her mouth (laughs) about her mom who's been dead for ages to to this kid (laughs) to this random kid (laughs) Um, and and initially it, it feels safe. It feels that the intent is for Larry to actually get time with his son and to set aside some ghosts. We also learn a surprising fact of how his wife really led the conspiracy theory in that family that he was still alive yeah. along with his eldest son. But, you know, nothing on the show can remain sweet and happy forever. So... Yeah. We find out that really it was all of a setup for Larry to go back to the agency, back to the farm, right? That's what they call it? The farm? Yeah, the farm, yep. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a setup for the farm. And and thinking, again, thinking about the – I love how the series builds on the threads that they start, the little lines that they throw out there because – at the end of last week's episode, uh, Vic and Larry are in the kitchen. Larry's, of course, you know, in deep in thought, and and there was, uh, you know, Larry talks to Vic about, oh, you know, I'm surprised you came back to the house, and mm-hmm. and and after going to Detroit, and you know, and purpose of Vic's visit to Detroit was to help him to heal, and right. so. And then they and then they say, well, yeah, you know, I had to leave this place in order to heal. And so, and then of course we have that line as well with with Larry thinking, well, you know, he now is leaving the house to hopefully heal, but in the process of doing so, he ends up actually creating more trauma for mm-hmm. not only himself but again to his family, which again. That has been the, the through line for for Larry since we were first introduced to him. It's just he, is, well, he recognizes that he was a selfish bastard <laughs> as far as you know, not being honest with himself and not being honest with his family about his affair and, 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 and about himself being gay. Right. Uh, and you know, and they have this moment of honesty in this episode, and he, he shares that with with Paul as his, his other son. But uh, but I, I really thought it really I thought back to the last episode where, of course, you know, again he's now in the in in, in um, was it Greensboro, and and hopefully hoping to, to go there to to get some peace and to really start to heal and and bring his family together, and now that happened with mm-hmm. the DOD and, and the Bureau of Normalcy. So it's just like, uh, you know, I just, poor Larry, I just, the guy just can't get a break. Right. Right. Well, and in, in my opinion, he, he hasn't really done that much. And so it sort of came out of the blue. I mean, I understand kids are pre- impressionable. I don't yeah. have kids. So I'm going to say this. <laughs> how much how much damage could he have done? <laughs> he was only around for a limited period of these yeah. kids' lives. Yeah. <laughs> they have so much hate. But then it, I, I guess it wasn't really about him. 
but his absence and right. what that that did to that family and those kids and their mom and the relationships, especially when you have one son so obsessed with the conspiracy of it. Mm-hmm. And and then the other goes into the military and is constantly in the shadow of of his father. So it, it it's interesting how um in a way, I think there there was sincerity with the son trying to, like when he first hugs his father, I think that was a sincere moment. Yeah. But but even even though you want to forgive, you can't really forget it. And 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 that's where where the turn comes in and and the ultimate kind of Larry, you're just a curse for your own family because um Larry's able to get away and Rita protects the grandchildren that she's bonded with so much clearly. Leaving leaving um leaving the I don't know how you would call this his his grandson, Larry's grandson, to get caught in the fray and and is he dead? He was bleeding, he got shot, but we don't know for sure if he passed, right? Right, right. He was he was he was not looking in in good shape when he went uh, whenever negative man whisked Larry and Rita away. But uh, uh, yeah, so we uh, it escalated we, quickly. It <laughs> That's all I can like, say. Uh, yeah, yeah, that it definitely escalated quickly, and and you know I think that whole the whole arc with Larry and, and dealing with his family. Uh, it, it, I should have known better that it was going to end well. Uh, you know, I had this weird, uh, I, I predicted wrong in my thinking that they actually yeah. may <laughs> give Larry yeah, some, some kind of peace, but I, I forgot that this is Doom Patrol. So nobody can ever get like that. I don't, that I don't think, I don't think you forgot it's Doom Patrol. I think it's just a testament to the writing that the writing, you get so engaged that yes, you're still trying to predict and think about it, but you're also still present in the moment where you're, you're, you can't see all of the different ways this can go. Uh, so, so I, I think, I think it's good and I'm glad your prediction was wrong because I'm tired of you spoiling things for me. <laughs> All of your predictions just magically coming true. Not <laughs> <laughs> <Had it> all things. <laughs> Not all things. But I, I also think that this season, Larry has been been a surprise. Where for whatever reason, I, I wasn't, I didn't think we were going to go down this path with him, and I'm glad we are, and I'm glad that they were able to bring Rita up again in this. She's not only his oldest friend, uh, pun intended, but she is also going through a very similar thing with her the memory of her mother and that being still unresolved, even though she thought she had let go of it so long ago. So, all right. So we do have about 20 more minutes left and we have yet to talk about the most critical pairing in this episode and talk about escalation. Yeah. Before before we, before we jump to to that, and I'm glad you say that one to to the last, but uh, as far as Rita this week, because I I don't want to gloss over her, her role in, in this story, especially given what we learned about her last week, as far as what was causing her to have this mental block, as far as using the powers, mm-hmm. and then and then, it, and then I felt again just the writing on the show, just how they, like you were saying earlier, really brings you into these characters and how she was like at the hardware store and. in in the garden section trying to get an audition. I mean, and to and, and it's to have something that's her own i mean mm-hmm. just and so it, and, and so what we learned about that and as you as you noted whenever she had the flash talking to, to larry's great-grandson and and uh, as far as just effed up parenting and and her doing the audition in the middle of the in the middle of the store 
And then the, how the other spoiler alert, uh, how she ends up getting the part. Um, it, it, I'm glad they closed that loop uh, from the story from last week to this week where she has that. But now, of course, now when it moves forward, what's going to happen whenever she actually goes to the community theater and starts rehearsing? Cause there's some, something's going to, you know, something's going to have to happen. Of course, Will leaves this episode thinking what's going to happen with reading yeah. this performance. Yeah, Meanwhile, exactly. I'm just dead set on what is going on with Jane. The yeah. under, the underground went into attack. Dorothy's the villain of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy makes, yeah, Dorothy makes the the apes from the Planet of the Apes look sympathetic. I mean, she just <laughs> she just is a villain. Okay, she's not nice. She's not a she's not a nice little girl, as we find out in this episode where Niles, the who always has the best plans for these people, always thinks he can make it better. He decides Baby Doll and Dorothy should become best friends. And they are for about five minutes. Yeah, what the, you have you have two, eight, two, yeah, someone who's a hundred and three quarters, and you have baby doll who is like pressed down in the underground, and who who has you know even greater powers than we ever imagined. What could possibly go wrong with having these two unsupervised? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Where was the babysitter? It's one thing to set up a play date, Niles, but you actually have to monitor it. Monitor. I mean, it's a parent. You don't like just let you know two basically you know two monitors go off and do their own thing. (laughs) Right, and and I want to talk about what you just brought up in the sunset. They they clearly carried over Dorothy coming to terms with both her age. But this mindset that she's still a little girl because she appears to be a little girl, which is a very interesting contrast to Jane, albeit baby doll, who we learn is is a manifestation because um, the girl, she represents the girl's happiness and innocence. In a time when all you do want to do is just spin around in a circle and and fall on your butt. That's for whatever reason. Kids are dumb. I know. And 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 but and it's interesting because in a way, I I also think that despite all of Dorothy's imaginary friends. She doesn't have a baby doll. She doesn't have someone who, where she, she, she hasn't, she's in this weird place of where she's been being treated as a child. She's clearly older than a child, but she also doesn't have life experience. So she doesn't know how to be an adult. She doesn't, everything's new. So she still has this innocence, but she's missing that joy. I think she's missing that joy. And 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 I and I like how they brought it up, which just sealed the fate moving forward. Granted, we don't really know what happened in the last five minutes. Uh, yeah, spoiler alert. I I don't think we may have seen the last um, particular one one of the members of the underground uh, because they were there was so there were so we had in that. Well, I don't want to I don't want to jump to the fight just yet because there are a couple things that led up to it that I think um, the first time that we see the play date with, mm-hmm. with baby doll and, and Dorothy and, and they, and, and Dorothy conjures Wendigo and, and just like any play date, you know, the kids are trying to fill things out. They're trying to set, set the rules and set parameters and, and, and baby doll just innocently taps Wendigo. But right. Dorothy, Dorothy just went batshit crazy, and she just like lost it, and was like, "You broke the rules. I'm taking my kid. I'm taking my toys, and I'm going home." Because and and I was like, "Oh no, that's just that. That was the that was the moment of like, man, this is not." Going you know, to Dorothy went full Murtog in that world in that <laughs> yeah. incident, and said, "I'm too old for this shit." Yeah. <laughs> 
she did, and she did, and, and, and but it, but it, but it, but it, but again, it validates what Candlemaker was whispering to her, which was, it was these, you know, baby doll is just this little child, and they're doing these little child things, and 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 so it, it gave Candlemaker, Candlemaker, another opportunity to to get deep, you know closer and closer to its release mm-hmm. by using by using what happened there with baby doll and and wendigo as a way to show dorothy see see i just told you all you know all these little you know, you're playing these little kid games you're 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 older than this you're better than this and so right yeah so i, I you know so that was that really stuck set up things you know, so that when whenever we did get to the end of the episode and everything went down in the underground, uh, it, it provided a, a, a deeper context to that to that fight, which you know it did end up like you know the typical superhero kind of show dynamics that you see. Yeah, and and just as Candlemaker is pulling the strings of Dorothy, you have Niles who. We, we don't only see Baby Doll in this episode. We also see Jane pop up a bit, especially after the initial fight between the two. But we see this, this idea that Jane is still struggling being prime. She's, she, she's kind of trying to wave the white flag, thinking Baby Doll's what's best, but also not, not realizing that... Um, there's a reason why she was the primary for so long there right. there. She possesses something that the others don't and, and can't provide to the girl. And, and you started to see that. And then you, there were some talks in the underground about how, if, if this friendship falls apart, which it does. And um, then Niles is going to choose Dorothy over Jane, yeah. which is true. It's true. Which, yeah, which is true, and, and it just kind of furthered both Dorothy and Baby Doll um, be really turning into the worst versions of themselves. And and the image that continues, I just, every time I think about this episode, I still, that one frame of Dorothy in the, whatever you want to call it, in the like furnace. The furnace. Yeah, I think it was a furnace system. Yeah. Right. And when she real when she sees the creature get killed and she, she gets, you know, she's going to call to candle maker mm-hmm. um, that, that face, that, that look in her eye. Um, I tell you, she should be on planet of the apes. Like <laughs> where's, where's Caesar to save the day. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, she, well, she was trying to uh, get. Well, I can't remember the. Uh, I think it was the. I can't remember the name of the conjurer. I think it was Monty or something. I Monty. I can't remember it either. Um, the one that Dorothy, not Dorothy, that baby that Jane pulls up to like basically take out Wendigo, because mm-hmm. you know so Wendigo comes out and and then Jane you know Jane or Kay ramps it up like whoa and then but then when candlemaker came out i mean it definitely showed a an ability that how i guess how powerful dorothy and and dorothy's ability to, to conjure things and how powerful candy candlemaker is in particular to be able to actually go into the underground and i mean i was like holy crap there he, he, as i was watching it candlemaker is actually in the underground fighting all of the 64 personalities that are that are that are there and uh, you know i was hoping i was hoping hammerhead would like save the day but uh i mean because i mean hammerhead had the voice of reason earlier in the episode so i was hoping you know that she would be able to be able to uh take care of it and, and protect protect uh, no well. she can she can only destroy sex demons she can't True. she can't yeah. take on candy maker yeah. As you keep referring to it as, yeah, I I all I can think about is man. how different that end battle sequence would be yeah. if it was Candy Maker. Like, yeah. here's a Tootsie Roll, yeah, here's exactly. a Lollipop. Candy Maker, I must be hungry or something. It's Candy Maker. It's that can. Podcasting, you can't edit it away. 
<laughs> it's just, everyone take a drink every time he says candy maker. Yeah, yeah, we have the same drink. Yeah, anytime we'll like you know, calls a character by the wrong name. <laughs> You've been watching the trailers for Candyman too much. That's I all I, I can. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and initially, I was caught off guard about how he appears in the underground, and then I was thinking about first season when we have the whole episode where Cliff is in the underground. So I said, okay, the writers have already broken that rule, so other people can go into the underground and and that's that's a thing i also thought it was very good that the wish was clearly to destroy baby doll yeah and so even though he could have wiped out a lot of those personalities he only he focused in on her and and everyone else really got injured so so there is something that as dangerous as this wish is, he is limited to only doing executing exactly what that is. Right. And that's that and that's consistent with with the stories from the comic book because uh Dorothy uh had three wishes from from Candlemaker and mm-hmm. and one of those wishes was to take out a bully that she had. So I think, you know, it's, it's, so I think with this the TV show just basically adapted the story and, and instead of it being the person that was bullying Dorothy now was going to be yeah, a baby doll. So, <laughs> uh, so, but, yeah, so I began to think, I'm like, okay, now, so we, I'll start to think back with what we've seen so far this season, as far as wishes, because I know there was the very first wish at the be- very beginning of the, season with when she was in the circus so i don't know if that's going to be one that counts as well or uh we're gonna or we're gonna see something else happen between now and 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 the future so so what we're saying is we need to have um the stone stone and steel promotion run at least one episode we need to have a running timer follow Niles around so we know exactly how much longer he has to live. Yeah. We do need to and then we also need a wish counter for yeah. Dorothy. Got it. Yeah. All right. I yeah. mean, they're easy requests. Very easy requests. <laughs> it's easier to get a, a better for Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Any other final notes about about Doom Patrol this week? Um, not, again, the show, it's just as you brought out earlier this, during our recording today, uh, it could, the writers just continue to, to bring it. Uh, they they really get you engrossed in the story at the moment, so that you really don't you know theory spiral while things are going or try to telegraph or you know what's what's going to come because they they really have done such a a very strong uh, way of, of building arcs and, and building stories this season. So. Uh, so I, I, yeah, you know, it's definitely uh, one of those things. You know, every Thursday, I'm looking forward to for a new episode to drop. Yeah, yeah, me too, absolutely. Uh, so, for those of you who are unaware about Cena Nerd, Will and I, we talk once a week about our current TV shows that we're obsessed with that we've seen. FYI, Will, I watched Hamilton. I've yeah. now seen it multiple times. <laughs> I worked out to it this morning. Oh, wow. See? See, it's so funny because like earlier this week, whenever I, you know, so our, our last show, I, I watched Hamilton the the last weekend for the for the holiday. And uh, I've been so excited because I haven't never watched it before. But Sarah, I think you said you had the soundtrack. And so she was familiar with the story. So, you know, we, we she watches it. I get a DM from her. Oh, I sped through it. Sped through that song. Sped through that song. Going to fast forward to uh, I think yesterday or, or or Thursday. I watched Hamilton with, and I she, and she it was like, well, I'll let you. I'll, I'll let you pick up the story from there. <laughs> no, no, I I think I, I watched it with my dad, and so watching it with somebody else. And before I knew the songs because I had the CD, so I I kind of but. It, it's an experience and and it is what it is so but yeah i i followed up on that so we're all good there 
And and right now we're just following Doom Patrol, waiting for other shows we love to get canceled because they always do. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a feeling we'll have Doom Patrol at least season three. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 So, it's too good. It's too it's good for them to cancel. Granted, I thought the same thing about Krypton. Still bitter. Still yeah. bitter. Yeah, me too. But yeah, but but we have also we're also uh, tracking uh, DC Stargirl right now. That's another mm-hmm. DC show and um and of course you're waiting just like everyone else for umbrella academy and the boys to come out so not umbrella uh, academy oh really okay but actually you know what did we even finish umbrella academy we, we have did. to do this post show yeah well, we, i'm gonna yeah. sign us out why don't you tell yeah, our listeners can, where they yeah, can find you <laughs> you can find me on twitter at will m polk w-i-l-l-m-p-o-l-k but i am looking forward to the boys and you can find me at twitter at sj belmont and we're all looking forward to the boys i just have an issue with umbrella academy that was all (laughs) (laughs) thank you guys so much for joining us it's this is the the first time you know i listen to you all the time this is the first time i've got to you know watch you do your podcast so uh, it's been really fun having you a part of Virtual PopCon, uh, and we appreciate, you know, you, you gave a shout out in the beginning about uh, our efforts with Make-A-Wish. Uh, Minnie, is, our Make-A-Wish kid, is actually joining and going to co-host a panel tomorrow. Uh, she's a, yeah, she's a big fan of Call of Duty and Chad Michael Collins is going to be at Virtual PopCon tomorrow. So she's going to get to sort of have that amazing wow. fan experience. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So thank you guys very much. This yeah. shirt, by the way, is if you get this shirt, uh, a portion of the uh, uh, proceeds go to support Minnie's Wish as well. So awesome. you can donate $7 in honor of uh, PopCon's seventh anniversary. Or you can get the T-shirt that said, I was here the year... That we weren't actually together. <laughs> that we weren't here. I finally, I was always joking about getting Sarah to a Comic-Con. So thank you, KJ. We, we, <laughs> we have accomplished that. We have attended our first Comic-Con together. <laughs> it's true. It's true. He suckered me into it. <laughs> Thanks, well, KJ. Yeah, before we go, Maybe. can we tell folks where to find us? Sarah, I, yeah. I stepped on Sarah before, uh, before she got to our, our yeah. No, I was totally going to ask you that one more time, just to kind of let everybody know, uh, not only social media, but where they can subscribe and and, and follow and and become a, a, a loyal listener like I am of Cena Nerd. Thank you. Um, you can follow our crew on Twitter at Cena Nerd, friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, but most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys. Have a great evening. We will hopefully see you again soon. Thanks Thanks. again for being a part of the marathon. Thanks for having us. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.